0: I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention!
1: Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Oh my
0: god! It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on, who knows.
1: It is out of sheer morbid curiosity I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally... Suck my dick. Do I have your attention?
2: Send your dick pics.
1: (laughs) Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth,
2: I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you.
1: Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy.
2: They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly.
0: You're talking peak no agenda right there, everybody.
2: That's true. Well,
0: yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, but that doesn't stop us from doing it. Uh, welcome I And mean, it doesn't f-
2: stop y'all from listening.
0: That's right. Uh, so welcome to episode 53 of The Lotus Effect, where the show's made up and the content doesn't matter. And my name is Phone Boy.
2: So we finally <laughs> met <laughs> the man
0: whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah!
2: And last time I checked, uh, I'm Phoenix. Let me start this off by clearly stating that I'm better than everyone.
0: Well, and we have a couple of clips to uh to introduce the uh to the show today or the topic.
2: We do. The only thing we have to fear is
1: fear itself. Fear is freedom.
2: Such a game- you will all surrender to them you pigs in human clothing
0: yeah so we are going to talk about fear today and what a drug it is and uh, how it's a how it affects us and what we can do about it that's right yeah so and when you control your fear well you control your world i think so i agree um, Okay, so we actually have... Uh, so th- we, we, we,
2: we always can- like to start off by reminding you all that this is a value-for-value value show. So if you get any value out of what we're doing, you can return it to us in many ways. Uh, one, by listening, of course. Uh, two, telling your friends. Three, you can always join us in our chat at lotuseffect.chat during the live show at 4 p.m. Central Time. Yep. You also can boost me, bitch. I'm Boost me, bitch. I don't know. Send us some Satoshis, or we do love your Fiat Fun Coupons, your Cuck Bucks, whatever you call the dead presidents in your wallet. Send them on through electronics into our PayPal account, and we are more than glad to accept those, as well as, you know what, just, uh, you know, propagate the formula.
0: Yeah. You know, we got, of course, of course you have to also. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to
1: send blankets or water just send your cash
0: yeah uh, and Nam sent us uh, ten dollars uh, as, as, as talking about cash he has a monthly donation set up if you go to lotus Effect. show there's a there's a link said so we like money that's a big Big uh, yellow uh, button on the front page. There it says we like money, and so if you want to set up a recurring donation through the evil PayPal. You can do that, or you can also do it through uh, a new uh, a new podcasting app that supports uh, streaming Satoshi. So you know, take all your clothes off and go to Nudepodcastapps.com, of course, um, and you can be like these people, uh, NetNed, uh, This is so we so during our uh, during our Studio Thirty Three after after we do uh, the Lotus Effect uh, at at four p.m. Central Time on on Saturdays. Yeah, we we, we stream some tunes and and we take requests and, and you know we, we have prioritize a great goddamn time. Yeah, and we prioritize requests that come through sats. Uh and That's so, right. so we're bo- not,
2: you know, we're we're not shameful or nothing. You know, we're we're not too proud to admit we're broke ass mofos, especially after this guy over here just got done going through a nasty divorce. Yeah, let's
0: not let's not talk about we're that. We're not until talking later. about that. Yeah. Not, 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 not until later in the show anyway. That's right. All right. So so NetNed boosted us 10,000 sats and said Halloween love. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, it was a groovy tune. Actually, That was, that was I a did good enjoy one.
0: it. And then, uh, then Phoenix, yeah, that would be you. Uh That'd who be me. Who, uh, yeah, she likes to boost the show. I'm not sure. Uh, thirty-three, thirty-three sets. Van Hagar. Why can't this be loved? Because he thinks David Lee Roth was a better frontman. Love you, phone boy.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's our that is, that is that's the one argument that we have as a, as a couple is who's the better frontman for Van Halen. And
2: we would like to thank Sharky for weighing in on Team Phoenix. That Van Hagar for the win, y'all.
0: Okay. Well, well you know, we it's it's going to be interesting to see how long that goes. Um now we also shall. Now we also have a great refire topic for this week um and it's called what are you afraid of Irrational or not um if you're listening live of course you can uh, you can uh, call us at 253-237-3321 and uh, tell us all about it
2: one ringy thingy True, ringy dingy. Uh, yeah, Ernest- well, you know, Ernestine isn't standing by. Yeah, but Google Voice Translator is, and yeah, it's going to mangle the transcript of your call, and you could end up as a potential show title.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. And we, yeah, we, although we did, I think, I think we picked a show title for this one. Unless, unless this somebody-
2: actually came from a brain fart that I had today. That just kind of we were putting, you know, we we were kind of making connections between certain things. And it just fell out of my mouth like most of the garbage that you all listen to. Yeah. Well,
0: the the other side of that is I'm sure we might. that That's, you know, as with all show titles, it's subject to change. Somebody could come up with something better. So um,
2: and we do love it when you all troll along in the chat room and come up with. Some comic gold that potentially becomes show titles. Okay.
0: okay, yeah. So, all right. So, before we get into today's topic, we have uh, we have some feedback that we got when. We, uh, so, we on the, did. the last episode we did uh, was was on uh, was on the War of the Worlds, right? We 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 kind of surprised everybody and, and and did you know and it was very appropriate. And, and so, actually, the topic that we're that we're going to cover um, is kind of was kind of like a natural continuation of that, which is okay. Well, what you know what what is fear, right? And and how it's being used, and and we're going to. We're going to take a couple of things, take a couple of different tacks on it, just to, just right. to, um, you know, as we do, and, um, and so actually, Clatu, um, who had sent, he had sent us a link to, I guess, the musical version of the War of the Worlds from yes. the seventies. Okay, so yes, we'll, we'll, it
2: was actually quite interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. It's more of an interesting thing. And then uh, we also got, um, we also got a, a, a clip from uh, from uh, Jesse Coy Nelson. We did. Yeah, that he they sent to us, and well, let me play it. we we'll play it real quick here. Yeah.
1: Has this ever happened to you? Uh, This has happened before. What's what's happened before?
0: Well, a guy's looking for some relationship karma and get his act together and uh, with his... Show your donation love to no agenda and for a limited time only. We have three new exclusive loving relationship karmas. Classic loving relationship karma. You've
2: got... Karma.
1: Sweet loving relationship karma, you've got love you. karma, and desperate loving relationship karma, you've got you
2: know, you know time. karma.
1: No agenda, spread the love.
0: Yeah, we definitely spread the love,
2: we do karma.
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh,
2: so thank you. The, the context behind that, though, um, that was actually a it was in response to a post I had made to try to cheer phone boy up because the day and, and we'll talk about, you know, the the deets in the toast and jam. But more or less Tuesday was an epic Balagon shit show. What the actual fuck of a day. And I was out with my mom. All day, because I, I just could not be here. Um, I don't have the ability with my Yankee mouth to not say something if something's fucky. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of fuckery afoot. That's all I'm going to say. It's obscene. That's the point. It's what I'm saying. So ultimately, long story short, I went out and ended up at the mall eventually just to kill some time and what have and wandered into the jewelry store. Long story short, anyone who saw the post, there was a beautiful half-carat diamond sitting on my finger. Just as a joke, I thought I would take a picture of it and send it with a caption on No Agenda Social saying, Hey, phone boy, when this shit's all over, how about we make it official? I did it merely as a joke. I was not saying that I expect this will happen, nor do I put it out as a request just making it clear not trying to scoop the man up you know I'm perfectly happy with what we have going on here but ultimately it was meant as you know kind of something that when he saw it that might cheer him up.
0: Yeah, and it was. I, I took it. For, I took it the way it was intended, for sure. Um, I'm.
2: I'm really glad that you did. Yeah. But ultimately, that ended up being a response to that post. So we thank you very much, Jesse Quay Nelson, if you're listening, because that was so sweet of you to send.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so, anyway, um, so we'll get into uh, we'll get into what fear is. Um, mm-hmm. you, um, so would you like to uh, Would you like to get started?
2: Oh, sure. I'd like nothing more. All right. So, by definition, fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. It can also be an instance of this emotion or a state marked by this emotion. It can be anxious concern. It can be solicitude. Yeah. I don't know what
0: that is. Yeah, solicitude. Okay, well. Never heard
2: of that before. Yeah, be neither honest.
0: have I. Or profound reverence and awe, especially toward God. Um, which
2: is going to be, which that's is actually, that really, actually, yeah, I hadn't realized when looking at that definition that some of the content later in the show will tie heavily into well, that yeah. statement.
0: So this is, so, okay, so a little bit, uh, just a little bit of a sausage making. Uh, so we, we, we're kind of um, coming, you know, we kind of come at the topic from different uh, angles and we come together at the end. And so this is something that definitely, uh, yeah, it happened. She didn't, she didn't realize once I started putting in the content, like, oh yeah, that's yeah, we're. We're going to talk a little bit about God and, and the devil. Um, and, of course, fear can be a reason for alarm, right? It, it's, uh,
2: Don't get me I, wrong. Okay. N- I, I want to just point out, it's not that I have a problem talking about God, religion, the devil, anything like that. I just hadn't really thought about how much that definition portion tied into a large piece of the show content.
0: Was yeah, all. exactly. Um, yeah, so... And that's, yeah, because there's parts of the show that I developed and parts of the show that C developed and we kind of mix it all together like, you know, like she does in the kitchen when she goes, when she goes downstairs, we we make some magic. Um, That's right. um, So now we can compare this to a phobia. Right where it's an extreme or irrational fear or an aversion to something. It, it's, a, it's similar but not exactly the same thing. Um, you know when we, we you know we we've learned we know that fear is a very powerful force that can inspire men or women to greatness or cripple them beyond rational thought. Uh, last week when when we did the War of the Worlds thing, it was broadcast in 1938 by Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater Company, and it, it, the event in history is a clear example of what happens when fear eclipses reason and is allowed to go unchecked. Um, now. In, interestingly enough, as perhaps as a response to that, um, we I get a recommendation from Dane Boleyspeed Dame, Bully Speed, Dame Bully Steed, there we go. Let's actually say it, let's say that three times fast and have it be correct. Um, she recommended a book called "Outwitting the Devil" by the Tony Robbins of his day, Napoleon Hill. Well this book also happened to be written in the same year as the World of the World's broadcast in, 19, in 1938. His book was not published until June 2011, more than 40 years after his death and and so as uh, as we go through this content we'll see you know, we'll intersperse some some of what he had to say about fear and uh, what are you know some of the more uh, i don't know i guess medically accepted documented versions of, of, of fear um and so um so yeah so yeah why is fear bad
2: well As a lot of the no agenda producers know, fear is an emotion that's controlled by the amygdala, which is a threat stimulus, such as the sight of a predator triggers a fear response in the amygdala, which activates areas involved in preparation for motor functions involved in fight or flight. Or in the case of the M5M, you see something on TV and believe the fear porn being propagated. So with regards to fear, the best approach is to start by naming it and shaming it. Once you know what you're facing, it's easier, if only by a small margin, to overcome that which scares you the most. And whether it's arachnophobia or kaborophobia, it's more than likely an irrational fear. Now with regards to arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders, which some species can kill you if they bite you, we do You know, we do recognize that it's a controllable and overcomable fear, as well as an irrational one, because if you think about the fact, with all the species of spiders there are in the world, and and they're smaller than humans, let's just, you know, even the one that scares me the most, honestly, which is the bird-eating spider, this thing is fucking huge. But anyway, yeah, I'm still bigger than it, and only a small amount of those spiders are venomous. And the, the irony of which is just, you know, a little truth nugget to drop in. The most poisonous spider in the world does not have fangs that can penetrate human skin. The daddy long legs. If anybody didn't know that, that's, that's, that's a little irrelevant fact. That yeah. Just that I drop in. Yeah, I, learned. I wish
0: I had the eat I I them. The, you
2: know. <laughs> You're right. So, yeah, I mean, granted, I mean, they're kind of button-looking with big old long legs, but, yeah, most venomous spider in the world and can't kill a human. Quite interesting. Now, kaborophobia, on the other hand, is a completely irrational fear due to its subject being crabs and lobsters, of which the worst thing that can occur if you encounter the business ends of the claws is a nasty pinch that can cause injury, but it's highly unlikely to cause death.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you you are both arachnophobic and...
2: I I am of of admission. Like, it's interesting because there's actually a subcategory of kaborophobia where you actually are afraid of, like, all crustaceans, shrimp, oysters, things like that. I'm not afraid of all of those, although I really wouldn't want to get pinched by an oyster or, you know, a a, um, clam or whatever. But ultimately, it really is just crayfish, lobsters, crabs... Basically, if it has pinchers, I want nothing to do with it. And I will tell you, it took a very long time for me. I actually was able to conquer to some degree this fear because being a dump truck driver up on a mountain where at any point in time those brakes could let go and I'm riding glory to the bottom, making peace with my maker. So I kind of put into perspective that particular fear that I was never able, even as a chef, to touch a lobster. I absolutely couldn't do it. And there's actually a funny story that goes along with that, that I decided for my ex one time, I was going to make a nice dinner of lobster, you know, a a nice surf and turf with, you know, a coach or moms or whatever. I had to actually call my, at the time, 10-year-old son. I was downstairs at my mother's apartment and he was upstairs. My mom was watching them. And I had to call up because I had attempted to take tongs and pick this lobster up out of the sink and put it in the pot of boiling water and something went sideways and he slipped out of the tongs, essentially landing on the floor. Yep, that was all it took for me. I ran out of the kitchen, grabbing the cordless phone at the time, jumped up on top of the bed, which was in the other room. And I'm calling upstairs to my mom and to my son like, please send my son down because the lobster's loose in the kitchen. I was freaking out. So I have actually conquered that fear. I was able recently to actually pick a lobster up and subject him to his sauna without freaking out completely. It was just putting the fear into perspective in that there's bands on his claws And the worst thing he's going to do is start flapping his tail wildly because he's pissed off. That's okay. Just hold on tight and hope for the best.
0: Now, coming back to Napoleon Hill's work, Outweighing the Devil is largely written as a fictional interview between Napoleon Hill, i.e. the Earthbound Man, and the devil. Wherein he gets the devil to confess how he controls 98% of people and how he can break free of his control. When he asks the devil how he controls people, his response is fear. One of my cleverest devices for mind control... System. Oh, shit. You're muted. Oh, I'm muted again. Okay, I don't let's... know how he
2: was muted, but he was muted. Yeah, so why don't we try that again? Yeah, let's
0: try that again. Oh, lovely. Okay, so coming back to Napoleon Hill's work, Outwitting the Devil is largely written as a fictional interview between Napoleon Hill, the earthbound man, and the devil, wherein he gets the devil to confess how he controls 98% of people and how people can break free of his control. When he asks the devil how he controls people, his response is, well, Fear. One of of my cleverest devices for mind control, says the devil, is fear. I plant the seed of fear in the minds of people, and as these seeds germinate and grow through use, I control the space they occupy. So um,
2: that really puts it into perspective, I believe.
0: Yeah. Well, he it's amazing what he wrote in 1938. You, you, and there's a lot of there, there's a lot of stuff he wrote that's uh, um, if you, re- you know reading it today, you kind of go, wow. You know, it's really easy to see where like n- things are definitely
2: think- evergreen and, and in its content.
0: It's evergreen in its content. So
2: so the family of fearful experiences can be distinguished in terms of three factors. One, intensity how severe is the harm that is threatened Two timing is the harm immediate or impending and three coping what if any actions can be taken to reduce or eliminate the threat so when we're able to cope with the threat it lessens or removes the fear now alternatively when we're helpless to decrease the amount of harm it intensifies the fear and humans are actually born with two fears the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling now A subcategory of which is the four types of fear, which are fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. Now, in the fight response, the mystic Rajneesh said, anger is fear in disguise. And this succinctly sums up the fight response. When the brain perceives danger, it might choose to try and fight off the threat. This can manifest as a physical or verbal altercation, and it's accompanied by an intense angry feeling. So when we experience the fight response, our brain's trying to ward off danger by defeating it. If the danger is real and can be overcome with physical strength, this can be an effective tool to keep us safe, but when the perceived danger isn't actually a threat, it can kind of get us into trouble.
0: Yeah, because well, yeah, people overreact. Um, you know, the, in, in, in <laughs> as fear. in
2: the example of War of the Worlds, where instead of just looking out their windows and establishing there wasn't a alien death ray incinerating all human life as we know it, maybe people wouldn't have freaked out so hard and called police stations, committed suicide, etc.
1: Well, why a why big secret? People are smart;
0: they can handle it. The person is smart people are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Yeah, they are. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> you know, and another fear response that people have is to freeze, to try to be as very still and quiet until the danger passes. I actually had that um, when I was a kid. I was um, I was trying to walk from school to my, my stepmother's house um, and there was a dog that was rumored to be a German shepherd that had uh that had not been uh you know I don't know vaccinated for rabies or whatever and so Oh gosh. Yeah. You want so Yeah. And it, yeah, anyway, that's a whole other. So yeah, that that took me that walk because that, I, mean, I was f- afraid. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Some people with extreme social anxiety might experience selective mutism where they find themselves unable to speak in anxiety provoking situations. This is an example of the freeze response at work. Their vocal cords become paralyzed due to fear and they are unable to speak until the anxiety passes. Now, evolutionary theory suggests that the freeze response might be the brain's attempt to avoid detection by predators by essentially holding very still until the threat goes away. The fear response shuts down the body's ability to move, causing the person to literally feel frozen or stuck until the fear passes.
2: I can actually speak to the effect that I have experienced one time in my life fear that paralyzed me, and it was what's known as sleep paralysis. I was in between... An awake and a sleep state and we were living in the tent at the time my ex had left to go somewhere and i had heard him leave in the truck which when you're living in a tent there's you know not a lot of sound barrier so you can hear every little thing well essentially he left in the truck and And I heard the Velcro rip as if someone was coming in. Now I was covered up in bed. I was still trying to get some extra sleep. And so I froze right where I was. And it wouldn't have been as bad, except for it was amplified by the fact that I then felt someone crawl onto the bed. And it took all of my strength to just open my eyes and there was no one there. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I was truly paralyzed and petrified that I had experienced this because I knew I had been asleep. So it just was the most extreme fear I had ever felt.
0: Yeah. um, I don't, I don't think I've had that kind of fear, although (laughs) yeah, there's some pretty scary, um, You know, yeah, there's some scary stuff happening. So
2: for sure. Now you have faint fear or what's known as fawn fear or fawning. And it's a fear response where the brain decides to try and please whoever is triggering the fear response to prevent them from causing harm. Now, the response is common in sur- survivors of trauma who might try to avoid abuse by keeping the abuser as happy as possible. And this can also manifest as compliance to avoid being hurt. I do know that all too well from my childhood, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I'm also thinking all the mask mandates in the.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you see the pictures... You know, and videos out of other countries. I think it was Ireland, maybe Canada, where they were literally beating people for not complying with the shut uh shelter in place or mask mandates it was absolutely atrocious and the irony is if someone complies with an aggressor to reduce the risk of physical harm they're not consenting to the abuse you know their their brains simply trying to keep them as safe as possible in a bad situation and i know that is definitely the case in domestic abuse where either husbands are abusing their wives or girlfriends whatever that may be or vice versa because as we know it's not just women who can be victims of domestic abuse hello johnny depp
0: well no, yeah and and i would say that there's a bit of um you know i'm i'm, I'm looking at this and kind of going you know maybe this this is how Yeah, this is how I had to cope with uh, some of the stuff that I was going through in my my marriage. In our marriages. Yes, exactly. And I thought
2: about that, too, to be completely honest with you, because, I mean, I'll admit, when I was reading this, it really did bring me to thoughts of being married to my ex and never knowing, because he could literally go from... Absolutely fine, like we're talking right now, to completely unglued at a moment's notice for no reason that made any sense to me. And I was constantly living in a state of fear. I'm completely honest about the fact, Mm -hmm. I was just more often than not. I mean, I'm not going to say 24 seven because obviously there were times when I felt a little bit more relaxed, but for the most part, I feel like it was almost a constant state of fight or flight, not knowing which way the wind was going to blow when I came home. And then he would try to say that it was me who was causing that environment in the home. And it's like, Okay, sure. Let's go with that, yeah. Captain Narcissist.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about flight. If our brain does not feel that it can successfully, successfully fight off danger, it may decide to try and escape, triggering a flight response. Essentially, this response involves trying to get as far away from the danger situation as quickly as possible. If the danger is something that can be outrun, the flight response can be effective. Yeah, pretty much at the very beginning of my divorce process, yeah. Uh, I, pretty, I think I lived with the flight response for really... I mean, until I – I really think I was – I didn't feel comfortable until I got out of Washington State, to be perfectly honest.
2: Completely understandably, Uh especially because the psycho bitch stalked you.
0: Well, yeah, let's – You know, yeah, she, yeah, there, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. So, um, but that's, but yes, especially like those first, you know, the first 48 hours and even really, yeah, as I say, until I left, um, I really didn't feel, I, I didn't feel completely safe because, um. And so, I, yeah, I lived with that for several months and people you wonder why, uh, you know, you gain weight and that kind of thing. So True. Um,
2: I, I can actually say I'm, you know, I'm happy that I actually didn't have that problem. When I left, I wasn't afraid that my ex was going to, you know, try to find me. I mean, he knew where I was. Yeah. And my I mean, to his credit, he never laid hands on me. I can say that in 100% earnest. He was never physically violent. But the mental and psychological hell that he put me through, I would have rather he laid hands on me. But that's, I'm not going there. This isn't a therapy session. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about primal fears. The first of which is extinction. Now, the fear of annihilation or ceasing to exist, or in layman's terms, the fear of death, it's a fear associated with how an individual might die. Some examples of extinction are fear of the dark, flying, heights, fatal diseases.
0: Yeah, and then this gets into now. The, what's interesting? So this this book, uh, Outwitting the Devil. Um, so there's um, one of the one of the things that that, um, that Napoleon Hill says is that well, you think that like you know religion might be a good thing. Well, he, he pretty much attacks organized religion in this book, and he also attacks schools too. It's a great and, and for for good reason. He says the devil and hell are kept alive thanks to organized religion. Who would keep alive the fear of the devil if I subdued the churches, writes Hill? Who would serve as a decoy to attract the attention of people while I manipulate their minds if I did not have some agency through which to sow the seeds of fear and doubt? The cleverest thing I do is to use the allies of my opposition to keep the fear of hell burning in the minds of people. As long as people fear something, no matter what, I will keep a grip on them.
2: And that's really true. I mean, as a former Catholic... I can definitely speak to the fear and propaganda and hell and brimstone and fire and all the horrors that the Catholic Church indoctrinates you with when they talk about, you know, their deity. And basically, if you don't follow along with what they tell you you should do, that you're going to end up in that place. They truly control their, you know, their population of followers with fear. It's kind of like Nazi Germany in a way.
0: Yeah, it, it's, yeah, exactly, and yeah, the the COVID the uh, the yeah the COVID cult. I mean, it's you know that's a whole other thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: we're not even going to go there.
0: Yeah, so so anyway, um, there there is um, yeah, so the the next uh, there's the next thing in the in the list here.
2: Oh, well, it's it's mutilation or bodily invasion, which is fear of breaking the physical boundaries or fear of losing a part of our body. This can lead to the anxiety of being hurt or any situation that can be life threatening. And yeah, I can speak from a place of experience that I know my sons are listening to this show today. Let's just say being violated is one of the biggest fears that women have. And when that fear is realized, the paralysis involved unless you can overcome it is immense
0: yeah exactly yeah i can i can imagine yeah i can only imagine that um and that's yeah and i guess it's all yeah that all gets into loss of autonomy and that kind of thing and actually if it again, does. yeah and um you know i think about mutilation or body invasion well didn't they you know it wasn't wasn't part of the COVID 1984 stuff it's like oh this in, this virus is going to invade you and for kill jobs.
2: you jobs <coughs> jabs for jobs that's right to me that's a bodily invasion and then mutilation yeah no kidding think of what those vaccines yeah
0: are doing to people yeah not even kidding yeah i agree and that's a that's a you know it's a very real fear of a of pharma at this point true um, yeah and and, you know, loss of autonomy. I mean, this fear is, of
2: pharma. I, mean, I think that's a great show title. Just yeah, saying.
0: Yeah, I think I think you might be right. Um, but I think that. But that's a. Um yeah, but yeah, loss of autonomy is something again that they did during the uh, the thing. It's like if you're being mm-hmm. restricted, confined, trapped, or suffocated. You know, if you don't if you don't wear your mask, you can't. If you don't get the jab, you can't go. You can't go play. Right. Precisely. This can be connected to physical fears like being immobilized, paralyzed, or physically restricted, or it can be mental, like smothered entrapped, overwhelmed, imprisoned by any circumstances that cannot be controlled by oneself. Gee, the-
2: yeah. Hello, Stockholm syndrome. Anybody? Anybody?
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, do you, do you have it? A- so this, so then there's also abandonment, separation, and rejection, and humans are um, humans are you know, they're they're known as social animals. Uh, it's it's. Uh, yeah they yeah they, they're and 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 being alone can be one of the biggest fears of of of, of a human right and, and examples include fear of keeping a relationship or breaking a relationship i think we lived on the, the you know not having a relationship i think that was oh, one yeah, of the fears oh yeah i can't
2: count how many times that in my head i played out what would happen if i did xyz and the answer always circled back to roughly the same conclusion until one day i was able to mentally break past what i thought that conclusion would be and take the leap of faith that i could do this by myself and on my own and i'm proving it you know day after day that i am stronger than i ever thought that i was yeah
0: and that's and yeah so that's we we both have lived that reality now um the fear of rejection, ironically, was why outwitting The Devil wasn't published while Napoleon Hill Was alive, nor his wife, nor the various parties That held the manuscript until it eventually reached Don Green, the CEO of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and Sharon Lecter Was then asked to edit the manuscript and, and annotate it, and after several years of Annotations and reviews, it was released in June 2011, so more than yeah, So, and, and Lecter Confirmed this through one of the annotations in the book She said, a chill ran down my Spain f- Fine when I first read this Since circumstances did indeed prevent this manuscript manuscript written in 1938 from being published until now, well after Hill's death in 1970. Was the delayed publication of the work truly caused by his wife's fear of criticism and concern over the reaction of religious leaders and public school advocates, or was it due to the work of the devil
2: himself? Well, you know, I think that's an interesting question to pose, and honestly, I do think that had this been published, I'll just say pre-9-11, it probably would not have had as wide an impact as it did because and I'll just say it, you know, shortly there around 911 is when the shit hit the fan with the Catholic Church and the whole, you know, pedophile priest scandal out of Boston. So I I do think that that could have had some culmination to the fact if it had been pre-911 era that it would not have been as widely well received. Because I think a lot of people when they came to the realization through the, you know, busting open of what was really going on, you know, behind the curtain, if you will, it it woke a lot of people up. I think it was a, a big start to realizing that maybe religion isn't telling you the whole truth. And I think that has a lot to do with why we've seen a large decline in the numbers of attendance at religious organizations and also it doesn't probably help their cause that a lot of these people you know like joel osteen and all these big you know large church show me on tv people yeah they're finding out that behind the scenes they're shitty people they're not living what they're preaching but they're taking all your money because you believe why because you're afraid not to believe
0: yeah here's what i say to these folks Lick, lick, lick my balls. Ha, 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 yeah. Well,
2: you know, I do understand the, the fear of shame, humiliation, or worthlessness. It's also known as ego death, and it can be fear associated with social situations where one feels ashamed of bad situations in front of their loved ones. Uh, situations like criticism, failure, bullying, victimization, or bringing up your past mistakes, in public speaking, can be the trigger. Yeah. That's really sad because I completely relate to that. I'm just saying. And, you know, I can speak to this because in my own arena, the strongest fear that I faced has been going back to school because it represented my fear of being around other students that would be a lot younger than me. And I had someone assure me, that is definitely in the know. That there's going to be plenty of people there that are in my age group that are also pursuing their ambitions in the course. So I say, name it, shame it, and overcome it. Yeah,
0: and I actually, and, and I had there was um, I, I will say that when I when I was doing my comp sci degree back in the early 90s, there were there were two older women that were also taking the the, the similar classes, uh, and I was friends with both of them. And the, yeah, they mm-hmm. you know they they. It's, it's so yeah. I don't think, and that's you know. I think I think that's true. Whatever you know, whether you're going to you know, you going to you know community college or a four year because you know I went because right. you know because that was at Santa Clara. So. You
2: go ahead, keep bragging, yeah. motherfucker. Keep bragging. Yeah.
0: yeah well, Where's the boasting uh, clip? I'm gonna make you play it. Yeah. Well, that's you know, it's just you know, I'm sure. Sh- I'm, sh- I'm, sh- <laughs> sh- I'm sure your response is
2: fuck you. I, that's pretty much correct, Mondo.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well.
2: Yeah. Well. You know, that's just like. uh your opinion, man. So Yeah, well, in all seriousness, though, um, I absolutely do. Um, I look up to you, phone boy. I really do. You're you're a cool mofo, and, and I'm glad we're together. I yeah. love you to bits. But honestly, I'm okay with the fact that it's just a two-year degree because it's still something I can hang on my wall and I can still be proud of at the end of the day. And I've admitted, when I took my Accuplacer test, I was scared out of my mind, and I knew... When I the first test that popped up on the screen, the math test, I went, "Well, I'm screwed." Math has never been a strong subject for me, but the fact that I have a comp sci math major who can and will tutor me, I uh, made my fear a lot less and I'm ready, willing and able to charge full steam ahead. Yeah,
0: and uh yeah, we got um you know when when uh, well, there are some things we talk about when common fear triggers right mm-hmm. so um, you know darkness or loss of visibility of surroundings or so your, your world shrinks right heights heights and flying right that's that, that'll do it um, social interaction and a rejection yeah that I, I can, I've lived with that for a while uh, snakes rodents and spiders and other animals and well, death and mean, dying yeah
2: <laughs> I'm big fear death of death and some dying which
0: is pretty much everybody now that's right um so. Well, uh, in, in, in the book that, um, that I've been reading, Napoleon Hill talks about how organized religion um, – well, in, in a sense, I think even schools instill fear, specifically around death and the prescribed moral behavior demanded by religious leaders. Now, who would keep alive the fear of the devil if I subdued the churches, says the devil? Who would serve as a decoy to attract the attention of people while I manipulate their minds if I did not have some agency f- through which to sow the seeds of fear and doubt? The cleverest thing I do is to use the allies of my opposition to keep fear of hell burning in the minds of people. As long as people, people fear something, no matter what, I will keep a grip on them. And the devil continues. One of my favorite tricks is to coordinate the efforts of parents and religious instructors so they work together in helping me to destroy the children's power to think for themselves. Yeah. Uh,
2: the that's, that's, All of the public schools nowadays? Yeah, exactly. Because God forbid we can't have free thinkers because they might actually grow up to be great leaders who aren't bought and sold by big business. Yeah, that's
0: true. Um, and and he, uh, yeah, I use many religious instructors to undermine the courage and power of independent thought of children by teaching them to fear me, but I use parents to aid the religious leaders in this great work of mine. And, you know, honestly, we can see exactly how this played out during the collective response to COVID-1984, particularly with the governments and M5Ms of the world. They definitely played on extinction. You know, the whole we're all going to die thing and bodily invasion, a virus, uh, loss of autonomy, all the restrictions they put on movement and gathering, separation, you can't see your friends and loved ones, and shame, no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. Yeah. And so now I write that out. Uh, Yep. People who give their minds to fear, any sort of fear, neglect to use their minds and begin to drift, says the devil, according to Hill. Eventually, they drift into the whirlpool of hypnotic rhythm from which they may never escape. Um, And this is this is, uh, um, you know, again, kind of, you know, if you're not if you're not thinking and not pointing a direction, then things might uh, you might uh, be taken over by somebody else and do something else. And again, all you have to do is go out in the world and see that despite the fact we've done away with the mask mandates in most situations, uh, people are still wearing masks and still fearing COVID.
2: That is absolutely true, because, you know, with doing rideshare, I get an opportunity to talk to a lot of people and even talking to my mom to some degree and her talking about you know oh I have to get my flu vaccine and then I hear that they're mixing the COVID vaccine with the flu vaccine I said oh I don't think so Scooter we're gonna have a chat about that
0: yeah uh, yeah no it's, it's, it's uh, yeah no yeah so
2: sorry um, you already had COVID it damn near killed you if it weren't for the wonderful no agenda nation who gave me some magnificent advice and places to search information that ultimately saved her from a much worse Worse fate, and also some of the other health problems that she has had. That you know, we're actually going to talk about some of yeah, that in the I, toast I, I, and I, 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 jam.
0: Actually, yeah, I think we're going to go to the toast and jam first. We will look we at will,
2: that. It kind of just led right into yeah, it, I, I and I didn't
0: even mean that. Yeah, that, well, actually, it works out uh, because uh, we we were we were, we we're we have a little delay in our in the programming that would normally come before the toast and jam. So true. Yeah. So I've uh, so in any case, uh, we're, we're starting the, while while we uh, wait for that. Uh, I think we will move on to the toast and jam. So let's talk about the fact that yeah, your mom's uh, been here for about a week now.
2: She has. She's been doing really good in. Not being a complete pain in the butt about not having any sugars, grains, or basically any of the, what we refer to as hot, fresh garbage, available to her. She's adapting nicely and politely to eating clean and living clean.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, we're we're having to still ease some stuff out, right? And that's like today... We are, we, like
2: she has, yeah. she's been complaining that she was nauseous. And she had pointed out, and I was very proud of her because she brought the information panel from her quit smoking lozenges when she came to stay with us and she had even notated herself that they contained a fake sugar and she was concerned about this because of the fact that you know how is she going to be able to continue to quit smoking if she's not supposed to have sugar and this has fake sugar this is where we kind of made a decision of lesser of two evils i'd rather have her not smoking And she's not consuming enough of the lozenges to really be a problem, or so we thought, because she was complaining her stomach was irritated. And I thought immediately, okay, she's got either keto flu, because it's very possible after eating this way for an entire week that you can start experiencing what they call keto flu, or that it was the fake sugar that was irritating her stomach, because all she does, basically, is just drink coffee during the day. And if she's hungry, we give her something to eat. But for the most part, she's never really been a person who ate more than, like, once a day. So she eats a healthy, balanced meal at night with us. So I got to thinking about it. And I'm like, I'll bet it's the lozenges that are causing you an upset stomach. And so she took my advice this morning. She did not use any lozenges, I don't think, for for a good hot minute. I almost guarantee all day she wasn't using them and she notated she said you know you were right and I'm like how's that so she sticks her tongue out and I see she has a lozenge in her mouth and I'm like okay what was I right about she's like if I wasn't using the lozenge my stomach wasn't bothering me and my face wasn't hurting as soon as I put the lozenge in my mouth and started ingesting it my face started hurting and my stomach started getting queasy I said then spit it out You've gotten enough satiation of the nicotine in that where you're not ready to rip somebody's throat out, spit it out. It's how you also do the putting life into living. You know, you may have a whole cinnamon roll in front of you. You take a piece of it. You don't eat the whole thing. It's kind of that same trade-off. If you can make a lozenge last two to three uses because you're getting enough to take the craving of the nicotine off, you're not ingesting as much of that sugar and you're not going to have as adverse of a reaction, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, so I think yeah, so we we now know that, and we I mean, honestly, getting rid of the fake sugars is was the thing too, and and, and you know, she's also reported that her memory's getting better, which is that's right. She yeah. said she was experiencing less ha- fog, yes. which
2: made me very happy because, as y'all know her going through COVID and experiencing the brain fog. And that has just kind of hung around. It's very negatively impacted her. And I've been constantly trying to tell her, Mom, if you start on the NSNG lifestyle like we're doing, this is going to improve. I will make you that solemn promise. And it is coming to fruition. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, um, all right. So, um, we did. Yeah. So because your mom's been in town, um, so the, we actually did. So, um, do you have anything from rideshare this week?
2: I really don't have anything interesting from rideshare. There wasn't, I, I kind of had a short week because I had to take mom. Let's see. What was my skit? Oh, I know one of the days I took mom out. I think that was Tuesday. I took mom out because yeah because well
0: yeah because well you t- had your t- t- yeah,
2: bologn going yeah on. my
0: bologn yeah which we'll talk about
2: right um, and then the day after that it was like I could not go to work you were completely just in need of some one on one face to face time where we could just forget about all of the hell that you had just experienced the day before. Yeah. So I had two days this week where I really didn't work, and work in the airport, it's kind of a hit or miss. I mean, I did have several clients that were long rides. They were good conversations. I did have several clients who I really appreciated that, uh one, they said they were going to listen to my show, but also they tipped me pretty handsomely. You know, I have been kind of kicking the value-for-value value model with my customers that, You know, if you enjoy the ride, if you enjoy the music, if you enjoy the fact my car is immaculate and smells like holiday cinnamon, you know, please return it in the form of a tip. Tell people about the show. Share your experience because my rating staying up means I get priority and I don't get dinged for refusing a lot of rides because I'm not doing anything but working the airport unless it's after the time that doctor's offices and medical facilities discharge people. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Although there was... There was one ride um, that turned into something very interesting. It was a local ride at the... I can't remember exactly which day it was. But it was a woman and her husband, and I had to bring them to his vehicle at his job. And we were talking, of course, about the NSNG lifestyle. And she had said that she has just begun her third round of cancer treatment. And ultimately... I went off the meter and we probably sat and talked a good 10 minutes or more just about, you know, the show and, you know, what I had been telling her about NSNG and sugar and all of these things. And, you know, I I kind of got the impression that maybe her oncologist is not talking to her about the fact that sugar is what feeds cancer and that, you know, chemotherapy is literally what kills you. It's not the cancer. It's the fucking chemotherapy. So if you can try to find a way, you know, once you finally kill this horrible disease, keep it away, cut the sugar, live the NSNG lifestyle. My mom even was surprised because she's finding foods. She never knew she liked before. Uh, like sour cream
0: (laughs) there you go yeah yeah sour cream is life in this house
2: that is truth I mean we literally go through pounds of it it's amazing yeah
0: that and the cheese Um, that's
2: right but I mean that was a really important thing that I got the opportunity to take the time and talk with someone and you know of course you know she said she was going to listen to the show so you know if you're out there you know good luck and thanks for listening
0: yeah, I wish I had the, yeah, the F cancer karma. I wish I, yeah, I, truth. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. I've got it here somewhere. I just have to, I just have to load it up. Um, right. So, um, yeah, let's see. I think we covered new iPads last week, right? Did we? Yeah, we did. Because you got yours. I I think what had happened, I hadn't gotten mine yet. Mine came. And so, you know, I've got my, We. yeah, We. when we go, when we both. He's come, a
2: little jealous, y'all. Because I've got a Gen 9 and he's got a Gen 10, which is actually bigger and more advanced. But my case is cooler
0: yeah well, you know
2: it's sturdier
0: yeah there you go there is that there is that whole thing but but it is nice to have a you know to have that all set up and good you know when I can work on show content, and I don't have to take my work laptop with me. this is a good thing it's
2: much more convenient that's how yeah. I've been able to get as much content done as I have yeah. is because I've yeah. got the iPad yeah
0: and uh well, also too well, and, and you can also work on other things like uh yeah, the fact that so we're we're oh my God, yeah, so the-
2: get this pedal heads you're going to love this. So, it happens to be, now you all have probably heard me speak about the fact that I used to be a licensed massage therapist when I was in Connecticut. Now, I went through all this schooling. I even went through taking the national board test and passing. So, lo and behold, we were having a chit-chat during a smoke sesh on the balcony and Phone Boy reminds me that, you know, you have the massage therapy background that you probably could utilize heavily here where we live because it's literally a gold mine with, you know, being a retirement and resort community. It's essentially, you know, it's 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 tits, basically. And it got me to thinking like yeah, you know, I wonder what it would take to get my license back here in the state, even though I had let it lapse. So long story short, this began an insane journey, which started off with me searching for the school I had attended, only to find out they had become defunct because they defrauded the federal government out of student financial aid. They were apparently claiming students were attending that weren't, and other things. So yeah. That essentially bankrupted the Premier Education Group, which is the group under which my school was sitting. Yep, so good luck finding those transcripts. And I was lucky enough, there was a guy that works in the higher education department in Connecticut that I was able to email, and he, I assume, he sent me the link for the form. I filled it out, and we are hoping that that will garner the transcripts being sent to Nashville and I can get a hold of the national board and get them to send the scores for when I took the test. And the end game of this is hopefully by the time spring comes and the tourists return, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that I'll have my license nicely situated and I'll have my massage chair and table out of storage and in a place I can access them, so that I can start my business, which y'all know is going to be totally on brand. So, you know, who knows? Maybe a name TBD. Yeah, that's right. In the future,
0: that's right. So, hopefully, uh, yeah. That's you know, there's a yeah. I think it's a, I think there's a there's a great opportunity up where we're at. In, in I really for, and I really do. So, um, yeah, and. Um, yeah, you also did something else this week. Um, yeah, kind of did. Yeah, you kind of did. In fact, I'm going to repaste this link in the in the chat here, uh, showing this uh, the, the lovely tat that our uh, that um, that my uh, that my podcast partner in crime got here. So let me I'm trying to actually do it. I'm trying to do it live here because I posted it earlier.
2: Not a problem. Yeah, so, so to get- tell the story behind it, as you all can see in the chat, when you click on the link, it is the Van Halen symbol. And it wraps all the way around my wrist and it meets at the words right now, which, of course, as you know, is the name of one of my favorite Van Hagar tunes, as well as it takes a lot of significance in both of our lives together and separately. And listening to the lyrics of it basically speaks to the life that we have decided to live, not waiting another moment to live your best life to the best of your ability. Take the chance because you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take.
0: Yeah. And so now when I first saw this tattoo, so you have to keep in mind that when I'll I'll have to, I have to at least start mentioning the divorce. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I had my mediation on, on Tuesday, um, and she did this while while uh you know while they were while they were in Knoxville on Tuesday. Yeah, and, I went
2: to my favorite tat yeah. shop. Shout out to Archangel Tattoo. Yeah. yeah. In Knoxville.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I'm so nine is this nine hours of mediation now. Um, it was a shit show. I'll, yeah, and folks. I'll get it. I'll get into it. You know, I'll get will you know it's that it's 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 related to this, but but I'll, and I will talk about the the you know the actual bit of that later, but. I got to the end of it and it was an, I was exhausted because we, I started at like 11. He
2: looked like he had been through a war, y'all. I yeah. ain't even playing. Yeah. This dude looked run down, haggard from what he usually looks like. He, I mean, y'all have seen his post running pictures. Who the hell looks that good after a fucking run? Phone boy, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah, he looked rough. Like, yeah. he'd just been through yeah. at least twenty rounds yeah. with Tyson in his heyday.
0: Yeah, and the long and the short of it is, yeah, I ended those. So, um, so we were we were going we were we went we went uh, we went somewhere after after you got back and we I went was, to Walmart yeah, actually. Yeah, I went to Walmart and you're showing me, but you showed me this tattoo and and yes. and I saw it immediately. I mean, when I saw it, I went, I, I didn't, I didn't need the explanation. I cried. Now, of course. Keep in mind i'd also had t- t- just been i had just been media you know, mediated water torture for for nine hours so I'm, i i was so i was just and you know and also had come to really a um you know had we'd come to a settlement i mean that's the the, the ultimate thing in the divorce I, so that i really i don't know that there's much to say about the divorce cause they're kinda, it, because they're kind of because those stories kind of go together right is but yes it right. was that um yeah that it's because i we, we, there, it was it was just at that particular moment like okay i've i've gone th- you know I've, I just went through hell, and you know the the yeah the deal that was negotiated you what did you call it he uh, bargain he bargain yeah it was and yeah, I mean but i got i think I got what I had desired out of it, so um even though it was even though it's still unfair is the way I look at it. Um, Highly. You yeah. want to talk about a deal yeah, with let's, the let's, devil. Yeah. Jesus Jones. But, but I got what I got out of it. So. You know what?
2: You got the best thing out of it. You got your freedom.
0: Yeah, that that is true. So, um, so yeah, this was the divorce. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway, the, the but at that moment, that tattoo, that, it's like, okay, now we can you know it it just it just was like all right let's you know now we're now we're starting the rest of our life and um and i can't wait And and the future is so bright i gotta wear shades <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, so, now, so, the, so, after, so, and then you know, and of course, there was a lot of, ra- yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know, there was there was a bit of raging that went on um, this week about just because of everything a that, lot. We, yeah, a lot. So, in any case, we both got, I th- you know, I think we knew Tuesday night. We, I basically, I basically had sent him. This is where this is where the the time difference between my coworkers and I can, is a benefit. I sent a message before I went to bed. I said, "Yeah, I'm taking a personal day tomorrow, guys. Um, oh, this yeah. is because I was." Completely Completely wiped. I mean, I did not. um There wasn't. There's no. There was no chance that I was going to be uh, functioning. And we so we we kind of took the day off and and um and we were going go to go out to Grinder House to go do our uh, to 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 have co- you know with, with you know the, the three of us, you, you and your mom, and we. So we. That's right. And so we got there and it, and, it, and we found out. I found out after the fact. We went in there and I'm like. The fuck! This place is so busy. This place is busier than it normally is. It looked at the line. We're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna go let this uh, hang out. And it turned out I, that I found out that there was a there was a class there of about thirty six people, mm-hmm. and so the place was slammed. And even and they were still trying to catch up when we even by the time we 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 had to, we decided we go kill some time. And we turned out that and so we so and we and grinder houses on main street which is and there's you know the the old town of crossville and and so there's that we were you know we said okay we i had we hadn't walked down there was all kinds of things we saw there
2: we um, did i didn't realize we lived in such a quaint little town and I can remember when I was driving that I would roll through some towns in various states, and just think, "Wow, what it would be like to walk down the main street of this town because it's so quaint." And then we moved here, and I realized hmm, I live in one of those quaint little towns. How ironic!
0: Yeah, exactly. And 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 this this is yeah. Um, and, and it's, uh, it's just, you know it, it, it anyway it's, it's yeah we it is a quaint little town we we but we found uh, one of the things we found uh, was actually that we have a um it, we, it, it was a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's called the Crossville Depot but it's the it's the it's basically commemorating the train stop that used to be for uh like Tennessee Central Railroad um and it's and, and that was right there and it, but what they use is they they have um, a yeah, the little gift shop there whatever but they but they also have a caboose. Of, that they've turned uh, that, into
2: a museum.
0: And so you can see all the stuff and it's it's
2: with as much original things from the years that they existed. And it's interesting to look at how close to the fire that the caboose conductor, I guess you would call him, uh, would sit or sleep, how small the quarters were. I mean the whole caboose in and of itself, which has been turned into a museum I think if you started at the entrance door, you probably took eight to ten solid strides and you were at the back door. It was very much a small area. But one of the things that fascinated me personally the most was they had some seals that were from sealing the box cars back then. And looking at them, there were bell seals, which are metal, and also flat metal seals. And I'm very familiar with these because we still use them today in trucking.
0: Yeah, and in fact, for those who are uh,
2: for those who are currently
0: in the uh, in the chat, I'm I'm putting a, a picture up that you can see. Okay, for why did that why did that not work correctly? Oh, it's too big. The file is too big. But Oops. anyway, yeah, who knows? It's you know, I always wonder how these things work. I will have links in the, I will have a pictures in the show notes of these things. And yeah, it's it, it's actually really cool. Some of the yeah, so- we
2: kind of foamered out, and we have no apologies for it. It was a great time. And We also have. the opportunity there were some nails that have the year that they were I guess cast would be the proper term some of these nails were over a hundred years old it was so fascinating to see them because they have them hammered into a piece of wood behind the protective glass so if y'all are ever out in Crossville and you get the opportunity give it a give it a peep it is definitely worth the time to slowly walk through this caboose and and just in your mind, go back in time to what it must have been like to be the person residing in there, having to heat and cook on a stove that the only heat source you had for the whole situation, it was a 50-gallon drum.
0: Yeah, Um it, it yeah it's it's pretty yeah as I say we got we'll have pictures in the show notes of this stuff is yeah pretty it's, odd, it's pretty, magnificent yeah it's it's yeah the, if, you're, if you're if you're if you're if you have foamer tendencies um, foamer the,
2: tendencies there's a show title yeah
0: exactly um, yeah I mean we I thought we were I thought we weren't doing uh, show titles but we we, we no do.
2: we agreed if there was anything good that came of it yeah. we might change our minds yeah, okay. well
0: yeah we we do have the right to change our minds but that's right uh, so all right so we we in. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. So yeah, we did eventually did, did yeah we eventually did have coffee, but yeah, it was great uh, great stuff that, the downtown. We out and we saw we found we. It's funny some of the buildings had like um, you know little plaques that explained what they were, and there was there was like a mural up on the thing that looked like people. That's right. Yeah, I mean it, there's. Yeah, literally a quaint little town. It's like, oh, you know, and it's it's just and yeah. I mean, I, I I've I, there's a, there's an energy to this place that I cannot I can't explain. I can't understand. It's, it's like
2: something you truly have to experience.
0: Yeah, and it it is. I mean,
2: I mean, it's, it's good energy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's, it's very wicked, it's good. it's very good energy. But
2: you could definitely stand on the street of Main Street Crossville and just in your mind through pictures that are in window fronts and whatnot, you can really just kind of go back in time to what that you know that town was back in the day when those trains ran or maybe you know that drugstore yeah you know that little mom and pop drugstore you know first opened right it's just a if you like quaint little towns crossville is definitely a place to come to
0: yeah i agree with that so um yeah, it's also but it's not um yeah, but I, but uh, yeah, but like any other town, uh, accidents happen and I yeah. actually yeah, I actually yeah, I so uh yeah, so I'm with you so I so I had your mom we were, we did we did uh, some errands yesterday and I'm and uh yeah, uh, a car crashed into me and well, I'm doing, turning out of the intersection. Um so uh so I got my I got my first uh, scrape with a, with a Crossville PD and and um you know, there was it wasn't a,
2: really a scrape because you weren't at fault.
0: Oh no, I wasn't. It was a, yeah. It's, it, you can you know and the, the lady had the 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 audacity to say, "Oh, you hit me." I'm like, you look at the you know all you have to do is look at the the, the damage of the uh, dude.
2: She impacted you in the dry or the passenger side door. Yeah. How the hell would you have hit her? What do you got a Gumby mobile? I mean, I know it's a Prius. And it has no balls, but are you telling me that it's it it has no penis either? It's flaccid. It's able to bend around and hit this fucking broad.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, anyway, yeah. So yeah, it was funny because I think you know I spent, I I think you know that you know I, I you know I call yeah I call and, and do all the you know do all the bits and bobs and you know and, and file the insurance claim and that thing. And it was funny because one of the th- actually one of the things I did was um, double checking with her with the you know the clerk's office what needed to happen to get uh, somebody off the title of my car. So. Yeah, I got to wait. I got to wait for the judgment to be to be finalized. That's a that's that's a whole nother thing. Um, but um, the, but but at least the uh, yeah, the divorce itself is uh, yeah we've got an agreement. And so now we just got to wait for the court to sign off on it. And then and then it's f- official. And I lose I, I, I lose the last name and I'm happy about that. Um,
2: so, well, like I said, boy, th- just remember that as soon as you obtain your last name back, I highly prepare to steal it.
0: Um. Details, technicalities, those, those things. things. Yes, exactly. So um
2: But another awesome thing that happened on Tuesday night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got uh, some new vinyl showed up. Uh, somebody keeps ordering ordering vinyl. I, I'm not sure who that no, is. No,
2: actually, that was a personal trip to McKay's that yielded some of that vinyl. The only one, that was next day mm-hmm. that you received the one that was ordered. And I will selfishly say I ordered it because I love that song that is on that album. So I figured you love Pink Floyd. You can have the album as long as I have the right to spin the shit out of it and play that song.
0: Well, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, there was... um, So, yeah, it was Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse of Reason. I think there was... Steve Miller, Steve Miller Band Greatest Hits thing. There's we got some uh, fire album
2: that has Macho City from Steve. Miller. Yeah, Band right. The Circle of
0: Love. Yeah. Best it.
2: of Bread. We got a Styx album. There's a Firefall album.
0: Uh, the Tommy, The Who, which I never actually I don't think I actually ever listened to that whole thing. So. Uh, so there you go.
2: There's some quality vinyl yeah. for great prices. So shout out to my mom also, because she bought The Who. And she also bought one of the other ones. Oh,
0: okay. Actually, I'm, I'm actually glad I'm doing this because we also because I was gonna I'm I gotta I'm gonna put a li- I gotta put a link I'll put a link to the McKay's in the show notes. That's right. The, yeah.
2: This place is awesome. Yeah, we, this we, is we, definitely the used vinyl place yeah, to go. Yeah. I love
0: it. Yeah, if you're so if you're in Knoxville, um, you know that's definitely a um, place. They
2: actually in Chattanooga. They also have a location.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Just they do. Saying. Oh, okay, awesome. I didn't. I did not know that. But uh, so if you're if, if you're in Okay, yeah, but, we're not
2: shilling for these places. We're just saying these are places we go, these are places we yeah. like. Check it out if you like what we like. That's yeah. all we're saying. We're not getting any kickbacks. We're not shilling. So yeah. you know, so Remros don't, don't yeah, yeah, my kids about it.
0: Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um although we do need to ma- the one thing we are gonna shill for is so uh so no berets got a got a Knoxville meetup on uh on Monday. I'll That's to- right.
2: It's being held at Loco Burrito, which is actually at in the uh West Town Mall.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we're not going to be able to um to join cuz no, get, we, unfortunately yeah, we, we
2: do have prior commitment that day.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, there's um yeah, there's there's lots of places you can get vinyl depends on where you where you're at. I mean, there's um you know, especially the I mean, hell, I mean, I bought my first vinyl at Walmart because they sell it there, so, you know, I mean, it's, not, it's obviously not, it's obviously like, you know, reissues of stuff or more stuff that was never in vinyl to begin with, but Yeah, you know. but
2: I mean, I want to kind of point out maybe a a tad arrogantly if you will that yeah, all the vinyl you're getting, as best to my ability, is a first pressing. Yeah. I ain't fucking around with none of this knockoff, repeat, redo, uh-uh. I'm talking authentic, 100%, clicks, pops, white noise, epicness.
0: Alrighty, Well, so um, I think, okay, so now um, as we get to it, I'm uh, so then the question becomes, uh, so uh okay, Okay, so now we've – so I think we've got – did we – so did I get every – okay, so – You know
2: what? There is one more shout-out that we do need to talk about, and yeah. it's actually a personal shout-out for me. There is a woman at our farmer's market that is from Canada. She is what I affectionately call the Canadian tomato tarts lady. She is actually the one who spurred the interest in going back to massage therapy because she just happened to have a table she was using f- – uh, just to put stuff on and I noticed it was a massage table which I found interesting so I went over and inquired as to if that in fact was a massage table she confirmed it was which then led to a conversation between she and I about the fact that the person who is in charge of the farmer's market happened to be there that day and she was asking if I did massage and I said yeah you know I do I had You know, I used the proper verbiage that I had my license in Connecticut. And she was like, we don't have anyone that does massage here at our farmer's market. You know, we have the woman who does the reflexology, but there's nobody who does, you know, either table or chair or this or that. And it kind of got me thinking, which, like I said, we have a, you know, we were having a smoke session out on the balcony and chit-chatting about, you know, we really do have a gold mine that we're sitting on if I can get this certification situated. So, shout out to the Canadian tomato tart lady for being the inspiration for what might turn out to be precisely what I need to be doing to further my chains.
0: Yeah, well, you also, yeah, we also picked up some stuff from Soulshine Farms, too, I think, right?
2: We did today. We got some spinach and some mushrooms, yeah. and he had said he was going to give us some cayenne pepper ground up that he had made and you know this is quality homemade stuff because there's none of that horse shit caking agent in it he was like it might be a little stuck together i'm like dude i ain't worried about that it's all good i'm so excited sprinkle a little bit of this in my barbecue chili the next time i make it with that awesome beef we get from randolph farms
0: yeah, um, for sure Okay, so we I, think we, I think we've gotten through all of our uh, Toast and Jam And so now um, We
2: have, and we want to know for
0: yeah, well, all bef- those listening Yeah, if we want to know for listening well, First, before we do that, we're going to actually do what we're supposed to do before the Toast and Jam Oh, are we? Yes, we are
2: Oh well, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, that's
0: right. So um so that would be Rev Cyber Trucker and the in the cavalcade of stupidity. Um, that's right. We, 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 which we love. Yeah, which we love. And so uh, we are gonna we're gonna play that now and then we'll do the voicemails. Um if you know if you're if you're listening live and you didn't weigh in yet, um two five three two three seven three three two one, what are you afraid of? Is that's it literally the, what,
2: what I was gonna do. Yeah. Was just do the pitch for call in if you haven't yet. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. So so we're gonna play the so now we're gonna play the um we're gonna we're gonna play the uh, what Rev has to stupidity.
1: Heidi <laughs> ho pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cybertruckers' Cavalcade of Stupidity. Originally formed in 1990 in New York under the name Scatterbrains, Mephiscopheles changed its name when they realized that another band had already chosen Scatterbrain. On January 3rd, 1991, the band played its first show at Yugo's, a bar in Locust Valley, New York. And as you can probably tell from the name, their lyrics are often playfully satanic in nature. From their debut album, God Bless Satan, this is track 13, the Bumblebee Tuna song. Bumblebee, 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 Bumblebee.
2: Something of the sea I call him I had
1: chicken franks I call him I had jolly and smiling selfie. I like some bumblebee Yum yum bumblebee bumblebee tuna Bumblebee bumblebee tuna Yum yum bumblebee bumblebee tuna I Love a sandwich baby bumblebee This is one is three A riddle riddle away ow, ow. I see an old man pee Up against the tree He fight and make me laugh Kiki kiki What's the duty so and so what he be
2: Well, that uh, was truly interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh made I, me hungry. Yeah,
0: um yeah, I guess but well, good, good thing you got a uh, food going on downstairs, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, we
0: we do. Um and yeah, I got beginnings I, of something beautiful. Yeah, so uh yeah, so your oldest just uh just uh kicked in a dollar. So I gotta, I
2: saw that. Yeah. Thank you. Code man, that yep. was really sweet of you, and we really appreciate it. Yeah,
0: exactly. So we'll we'll, we'll take it. Um, and I
2: and I know that he's up in the chat because I'm pretty sure Sir Payne would be my oldest pain in the ass, but I love him anyway. And that's... thanks for hanging out in the chat and listening to this shit show we put on. And uh, thanks for the dollar you kicked in. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that was actually a lot for you with what you got going on, and yeah. you know, much respect, man.
0: Yeah. So all right, we have we gotta we gotta go play voicemails because yeah, we we kind do. Keep, we kind of have to do that because this is this is where we are at in the show uh so um all right we so again we've got um yeah what are what are you afraid of and we got a couple of calls and uh, we are going to play and see what we got here um so I'll hit you with a voicemail if I can, if I can find the if I can just find my feet if I can just find the bottom of this of this window I can then actually do that this is the, this is part of the problem with windows moving around is that it sometimes creates windows that are way too big and you can't find the bottom and you can't find the play button that's what I'm trying to do we're trying to vamp while I figure out while I figure out there we go now we can we can such see
2: Such a professional. The, I
0: know I'm such a professional but okay let's play this voicemail I's got to hit the button and it's right here
1: you know what today is? Today is a Saturday. It's Saturday. Remember, remember the Lotus Sect in November. Oh, wait, no, it's the 5th of November. That's right. Um, yeah, you know, people should be afraid of their government. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Slash things and put a V on it. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, anyway, things I'm afraid of, you know. Um, can turkeys get rabies? I mean... I might be kind of fearful. No, um, there's nothing specific I can say. I'm all, like afraid of, you know, like maybe heights. Maybe heights. It's like it's not doesn't feel secure, but you know, I think that should be a normal thing or whatnot. But uh guess like those people that drive on the road and they're just whipping in and out of cars, and you know, or they come in and you you barely have enough space between you and the person in front of you, and they whip in there, and all of a sudden, you know. I think you're going to get in an accident or whatever? Cause I'll some rush hour traffic, and that was happening yesterday twice. So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too specific like clowns or you know something like that that seems pretty generic. But uh, maybe people that just buy all in on uh, whatever, whatever the television be telling them, you know don't stop to kind of thinking back up, you know, it's kind of scary, but I also understand it. So, but still scary. Those are people I'm afraid of. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's to think, you know, I could have think of this beforehand and not just let this dead air, but you know, Hey, now this is, you know, this is entertainment, right? Right. You know, so you guys are pulling on those big, uh, podcasting satoshis or whatever. Still gotta get on that thing. But uh anyway, yeah, we'll just leave it there. Well, I love you guys, and you know, you gotta stay dangerous. And uh you know, whether it's uh cloudy outside and over or overcast or sunshine or rain or whatever it be inside, outside, just remember, remember, remember to take the car
0: oh my god thank you Yeah, Circus we love Circus for
2: Battles oh, hell we yeah we do
0: yeah big podcast is a potential show title that came loving out loving it. Yeah. it yeah you don't want to you, you don't want to diet today do you <laughs> d-i-e-i-t <laughs> I'm
2: telling you google mangles transcripts in the most delicious way
0: it's, it does yeah um so all right we got another voicemail Woo! shorter voicemail and we'll see who this is oh man what am I afraid of uh
1: I guess the biggest thing I'm afraid of is probably death. It's kind of been a big fear of mine ever since I was a little kid. Just a fear of the unknown, what's going to happen. Used to give me really bad panic attacks when I was younger, but it's kind of gotten better over the years. You know, looking into reincarnation, heaven, I guess is that your thing. That- I don't know, as you get older and all the responsibilities file on. Sometimes death doesn't sound so bad, <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't come around too soon. Um, yeah, that's the big one. Um, love you guys. This is Sharky, by the way.
2: <laughs> Thanks,
0: Sharky. We appreciate the phone yes, call. Yes,
2: we do. And yeah, there there is no reason to fear death. Nope, and that's a
0: you know that's one of the things the devil does is get you afraid to die because you you know it's a, uh, what's going to happen. Well, there's the it's fear a,
2: of the unknown. I mean that makes complete makes, sense. sense.
0: Yeah, it is the fear of the unknown. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the in the things you know. And, and that's and yeah, that's actually you know you're getting to the end you know to the end of the content, I guess. So um, you okay, want to? So
2: actually, I want to jump in on this. You okay. were talking about ride share rides. I did have a ride share ride last night. Curiously. That did kind of deal with death because the writer was telling me about the fact that she had attempted to drink herself to death and ultimately she is, her her body's literally shutting down on her. And, you know, she was saying that she doesn't think she's going to have, you know, even another year. And it was, it was really sobering to think about when people get to that point where they just give up and they don't care anymore enough about Whatever they're so deep in that hole that they just can't come back out of it and ultimately, you know It it may not be in the you know in the time frame that she was hoping for but Ultimately, she is facing her own mortality and what's beautiful was the fact that She wasn't bitching about it. Like It wasn't her fault. She owned the fact like yeah I did this to me and i've made peace with my maker and i'm ready to go she didn't seem like she was all that old either, and and yesterday was her birthday. Subsequently, yeah, and that was why she ended up being you know in my in my car was because she was going to a celebration for her, yeah, with some friends. So exactly. it's just a really surreal moment when you realize how fragile life is, and the decisions we make today really do impact our tomorrows and the tomorrows of the people that we love because you know she's got kids and everything, so. You know, you're, you're taking yourself away from them. And, I mean, I'm not throwing shade. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I had a point in my life where, you know, it was almost not enough. And I had one person who cared and loved me enough to basically be there and, and talk me down off that proverbial ledge. Because, I mean, I, I did have the nine, you know, against my head and the finger hovering over the trigger. And I can assure you, there was a live round in it. And the safety was off. It would have taken literally a finger twitch and I would not be here. And thankfully, Tigger was there to reach out to and she actually answered and talked me out of the horrible place that I was. And it wasn't all that much after that, that I actually, you know, (laughs) metaphorically, if you will, pulled the trigger and got out of that which was the most toxic in my life.
0: Yeah. That's for sure. Um, okay, so um, I guess we're I guess we're on to the. We are uh,
2: going to start the second half of show. By that. We
0: are by, by golly, yeah, we're going to do that. Um, so I guess we'll talk about rare fears, right? So there's a, we, you know, I guess you did some research and found some fears that you might not know much about here. Um,
2: well, they're interesting too, like the ablutophobia, which is a fear of having a bath. And it can be related to the trauma associated with water events, especially during the early stages of life. And this fear often grows into social anxiety and unhygienic body odors, which can be unpleasant as time passes. Now, I do actually know someone who I believe has a glutaphobia. She's actually an author of a book that I absolutely love. And the book is called The Last Closet. Her name is Moira Graylin. And in it, she talks about the horrible trauma that she endured her whole childhood and into adulthood. And she's just such a courageous individual. And I actually had uh, friended her on Facebook and sent her a message on her birthday one year wishing her a happy birthday. And she actually responded back with a thank you.
0: Well, I think I might possibly have a blutophobia as well, right? really yeah well um yeah I was when I was two years old, I was almost swimming, but then I got thrown in the pool, and that pretty much uh not only did that stop my uh, my my swimming progress um it pretty much set it back. And uh, yeah, I, today, I, you know, like we, we, we've discussed this, I don't like, I, you know, swimming. Yeah, you're is,
2: afraid of water. Yeah,
0: swimming is not one of my favorite activities. I, I think I think the fear has subsided over, over time, but it's still, it, I still have an aversion to being immersed in water, is what Right. It comes but down this to.
2: is specifically bathing, not but, necessarily swimming. It's Believe true, me, you that, have no issues with bathing. We take a shower on the daily together. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've never once lost your shit over the fact yeah, that you am going to take a
0: shower. Sure I'm sure there's some other way to describe the phobia. I'm, but- I'm
2: sure that we could find the phobia of water, and there's no shame in it. Yeah. My mom's afraid of water.
0: Yeah. Uh, you found uh, arachnobutropia, but- known as the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. There That's you go. right.
2: It's it- actually quite specific in nature, which makes it rare in its occurrence. Because there's, it, it seems like a small problem, but it can actually develop into a fear of choking and eating other food products, which ultimately you know can lead to things like anorexia and things of that nature. It's, yeah. it's very severe. Yeah um, This one cracked me up, y'all. Arithmophobia. Now it was so easy for a phoneboy when I said, "Take a guess what this is." He hit it on the first shot. It's the fear of math. And it can easily be mistaken for a dislike for math. But the phobia isn't linked to numbers or symbols. It's linked to a situation where one's forced to solve a math problem.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, the um, yeah, and you've got chiro- uh, chirophobia, which is the fear of human hands, um, can be one's or, you know one's own hands or someone else's hands, which often lead to major hand physical injuries and conditions like arthritis, or something like uh, clo- Yeah, cleophobia. Yeah, um, although it looks like chloephobia based on the based on how it's typed.
2: Oh, maybe it is chloe phobia. Yeah,
0: chloe phobia. Whatever
2: it is, it's it's the fear of touch, sound, or even smell of newspapers. And it can be triggering because newspapers are commonly found all over the place. Yeah. Of course, in this you know day and age, that's becoming a little less uh, true as more digital is taking over the paper industry. Yeah,
0: so... Yeah, so there are – I I, I called this section seven types of people that live in fear, Uh, that there are – and and you might – and people might be more than one of these different types. Now, um, what what Napoleon Hill had to say about the people that live in fear is that 90 percent of – he you know, he, he's, he claimed that ninety eight percent of people are at least partially ruled by fear, mm-hmm. you know, some more than others, right? Uh, and while he didn't come up with the following list, I think he did have a lot. To say, he did have a few things to say about these uh, about, uh, about this this list that you came up with here. Um,
2: well, I'm I'm going to address the first one, which is the procrastinator, because I can tell you, my mother, woo, she definitely one of them people. So they often obsess over the end product or the outcome of whatever they're doing and insist on it being perfect. And because of this, they tend to spend too much time planning and researching instead of simply diving in. They hold themselves back from even getting started in the first place. I don't think that's as much her issue as the fact that she just, she gets lazy at times. She puts things off just for arbitrary reasons but for procrastinators it's important to push past that fear of starting truly
0: yeah uh, i mean getting
2: started might feel like a big hill to climb but you can't edit or revise something that doesn't exist so be careful not to place energy into a perfectly finished product instead use that energy to troubleshoot an outline or an initial push
0: yeah and and I and so in in Napoleon and actually here there's a couple things that that um Napoleon that Napoleon Hill had to say about this so for he said you know he puts it quite simply as the devil he says once a, any person hesitates procrastinates or becomes indefinite about anything he is just one step removed from my control what he calls definitiveness is today often called intention or being goal driven or purpose driven um and, and uh, you know and Hill talks uh discuss he discusses a concept throughout his book called definitive or a differentness of purpose. In general, this means you know what direction you're heading in. Um, In in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, this concept is articulated in the very first habit, begin with the end in mind.
2: And you've said that a lot. And I actually have taken that in my own as if I actually do start school in January, if all the financial aid comes through the way it needs to, and et cetera, et cetera, as I have stated, and I make no bones about Starting with the end in mind, I'm going to graduate this class as the valedictorian and get hired eventually by your company. That is starting with the end in mind. There you go. So So if you don't know what you want out of life, it is hard to pick a direction, much less come up with a plan to get there. So if you pick a direction ahead and you're resolute in that direction, you'll eventually get there. It's it's why a good way to overcome self-doubt is to step outside your comfort zone every once in a while. Take note of the outcome. When you practice being... Proactive about your life, you'll be surprised to see just how much you're capable of. And I think that really follows with yeah. what we say about put good out, you get good back.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and I would also say that I think I've I think I've used the phrase a bad plan today is better than a good plan tomorrow. Right? True. Don't let the perfect <laughs> be the enemy <laughs> of the good. Pick Don't it. let the perfect just be the enemy you, of the you good. Gotta, I hear you got to all it, the time, it, pedal yeah, heads. If you yeah, again, if you if you take a if you you take a plan that you know that doesn't you know that, that either doesn't get executed correctly, but again with the right you know with the right um, um, you know the right Tent, you might still get where you need to go anyway right so it's I mean, so you'll eventually get there it's just a matter of you know, you got to keep you got to keep moving your stuff forward right
2: yeah always keep your feet moving it's that's why we use football terms a lot when we talk about our life if you keep your feet moving you might get an extra half a yard to a yard and that could literally be the difference between first and goal and being in the end zone
0: yeah, exactly. Um, there, this is. I, I realize that we now have uh, that there's a, that there's something I have to actually uh, play. There's a clip that needs to get played for this for this next one.
2: I'm a rule follower, so if the rule is that we have to do it, then I'll do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Quite literally, this person is dedicated to following the, the distinct rules and guidelines set by those around them. Uh, outsourcing your brain anyone? Uh, this is something that um, you know that... COVID-19. Yeah, COVID-1984. But they're obsessed with always trying to make the right decision despite its potential effect on their own success. But this is um, yeah, when but th- this is, yeah, th- when you outsource your brain to somebody else or you're not willing to use the compa- full capacities of your brain uh, yeah, you might get led astray, right? Um, and the best... And, and, you know, the best way to overcome this, this fear of, you know, not doing the right thing is to leaning into self-compassion. So, you know, allow yourself the opportunity and space to possibly make the wrong decision. And if you do assure yourself that it's going to be all right. Um, we've had to do that a lot in the last uh, year, I'd oh, say. God. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's important to define your own set of guiding principles instead of always getting, getting your, uh, you know, your, your ideas about what you should do from other people. Um, Now, I think Napoleon Hill didn't specifically talk about rule followers, but I think he'd agree that anyone blindly following the rules is giving up their agency to think for themselves. Um,
2: Something that the government absolutely hates, free thinking. That's right. Um, Then you have people pleasers. Now, those are the archetype. That struggle with the fear of being judged and worry most about disappointing others, they have a hard time setting clear boundaries and saying, "No, I identify with this. I'm just going to say having boundaries often sounds scary to someone who 's used to putting up to putting others first and Although it often comes from a genuine and thoughtful place, it can lead to you being the last priority, and that is so true,
0: yeah, and it is um you know, and I think we often attempt to please people. Um, because there are loved ones either by blood or because they 're because they 're you know they're, they're for otherwise right i mean there's there's the it, and uh love you know while it 's a manly, many many splendid thing it 's a it 's a uh, it 's a state of mind that um which beclouds reason saps willpower, and blinds one to facts and truth as uh as uh Hill writes. own yeah out. exactly Everyone who becomes self-determining and gains spiritual freedom to think his own thoughts must examine carefully every emotion that seems even remotely related to love.
2: Oh, that is so true.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, he he said, um, so the the devil in the... um, as portrayed by Napoleon Hill says, love and fear combined give me the most effective weapons with which I induce people to drift. That's his concept of, you know, people uh, drifting or people that don't have a direction, a definitive direction in mind and, and, and are uh, malleable to, to other, to other people. Very uh, influenceable. Yeah. One is as helpful to me as the other. Both have the effect of causing people to neglect, to develop, to, uh, Definiteness, definiteness. definiteness in the use of their own minds. Give me control over a person's fears and tell me what he loves most, and you may as well mark that person down as my slave. Both love and fear are the emotional forces of such stupendous potency that either may completely set aside the power of will and the power of reason.
2: And that is why, if you know what someone's afraid of, you can ultimately destroy them. Because if if someone fears something... Yeah. It controls them. Fear controls a person. So if you yeah. target that fear, you therefore control that person. Yeah. That's there's something about
0: that. Um and unfortunately sometimes when we talk about um Doing, thing, you know, doing things for other people in a sp- particularly if it's like a, like a relative or something. We talk about this concept of duty and it's unfortunately uh, m- one of the most abused and misunderstood words in existence. Uh, the first duty of every human being is to himself uh, and every person owes himself the duty of finding how to live a full and happy life. Beyond this, if one has time and energy not needed in the fulfillment of his own desires, one may assume responsibility for helping others. Is-
2: That's where the concept yeah. of put your own oxygen mask yeah. comes on the You hear us talk about a lot because exactly you know especially in my case you know i have i have two sons who i love and sometimes they need a little bit of assistance here and there in things that are you know of varying sizes and degrees i do my best to try to help them but there's sometimes when i just have to put my foot down and say no i can't do this i'm putting my own oxygen mask on and i am number one in my life as much as i love you and you mean everything to me i'm more important than anyone else because without me Nobody has anything that does anything with me. So you needing me is is all well and fine. But if I don't have any of me to give, I can't be what you need me to be. Yeah. So sometimes I have to say no. And I don't like saying no. You know, I got into a scrape with my kid today over the fact that, you know, he was having a conversation, you know, with someone on my phone because I was being nice enough to let, you know, the person use my phone and whatnot and, you know, I said, look, I need my phone, 20-second warning, I need my phone, because I needed to be able to listen to the pre-stream before we started the show, and he got a little upset, because I was being insistent, and saying, look, you know, gotta go, basically, and he got upset, and I hung up on him, and, you know, it it was a very short-lived thing, okay, I didn't stay angry, and, you know, we had a couple of words back and forth, I put him on block for a hot minute, so that, you know, he would stop and re- you know, kind of reassess the fact that this wasn't worth arguing about. It wasn't done maliciously. And honestly, it was about 30 minutes that I needed before I had the stream on the stereo downstairs so mom could listen to it while I came upstairs and did what I had to do. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how things like that happen. But, you know, it's it's a set it and forget it thing, as I've often said. You know, I am I don't harbor anything for it it happened it's a disagreement yeah. i still love him he still loves me and that's where being able to set boundaries comes in i would a year ago i never would have been able to have such an adult you know conversation as well as reaction you know to a conflict yeah. that i mean within like five ten minutes at best you know he was messaging me saying yeah sorry mom i kind of fucked up you know I, I was out of line and uh, this and that so yeah. you know
0: yeah there yeah this i think i think i need i think I was pulling up a i i think i was pull, pulling up a clip that we know i know I need we need to have here
2: <laughs> yes, I, you know you yeah which that, we're gonna actually play the full version of that song in the after party oh. just because of the fact it's fitting, so the next thing we're gonna talk about actually is the outcast and the outcast appear to be fearless on the outside, but on the inside, their biggest fear is rejection. And they often try to reject others first to avoid being hurt. Boy, do I know that. Yeah, I've been there. So, you know... Giving others a chance can possibly unearth some unexpected results as well. Look for evidence that you can trust others and know that if things don't go well, you're already experienced at ending the situation. Yeah. Uh,
0: the self-doubter is an archetype that's dominated by fear of not being good enough. Those, those who tend to feel insecure about their capabilities, that also sounds familiar to both of us, um, they can sometimes find it difficult to put themselves out there or on the flip side, judge others to mask their own fears. Um, so those who self-doubt are often... Often the hardest workers, they put forth a lot of effort to overcome their fear of not being good enough. Yeah, that sounds like both of us also.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, The whole putting yourself out there. Hello. yeah. Yeah. Uh, may I resort to episode 14 where we put our dicks on the table and wrote letters to our fathers and that was a triggering episode as well as just the fact that we sit here every Saturday and spitting mics at each other, talking to our pedal heads about things that we care about and think that they might be interested in. That's definitely putting yourself out there and especially because with me doing rideshare and giving out my business cards to just about everybody who gets in my car, I don't know any more way to put yourself out there and really make yourself vulnerable you know there's a lot of times when we get feedback on NAS about the show or just about a post we make in general and you know one of the biggest things that people need to understand is yeah we don't feed the trolls and you can't get to us because nothing you can say to us is probably any worse than anything we've already said to ourselves in our own personal arenas
0: there you go um so you know and, obviously, and and here's the thing you know that you know the, you know hill has talked about the concept of you know it's, it's people who self doubt also don't, don't like stop trying in a sense mm-hmm. and and you know basically you have to learn to um you know each one of those failures is it's either temporary right it's it's unless unless it's a something that's completely impossible to do which and then it's you know there's you know most failures are temporary and you can and you, you try again maybe take a different approach or you 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 know but is If it's if it's if it's if it's certainly doable. Right. So um,
2: and definitely, you know, as someone who has spent so much time being a self doubter, I can say that when you finally make that breakthrough and you realize your worth, which is something I say to a lot of people, you know, know your worth when you finally get to the point where you can do that. It is the most freeing feeling.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, So the excuse maker, I think we all know. These people, those are, those who identify with excuse maker archetypes, have difficulty taking responsibility for their life choices and goals. So.
2: Oh, would that be um, our exes, perchance? Yeah, I
0: think so. Already, uh, yeah. Instead of stepping up to lead every once in a while, they find themselves taking a backseat to avoid accountability. They allow others to make decisions in their own lives. So, yeah, that's uh, okay. And people who are unable to think for themselves make excuses for their behavior, like it's the rules or I'm just following orders. Yeah, people who outsource their thinking are often led astray.
2: And they're what we. Affect effectively term as sheep.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Finally, uh, the pessimist archetype struggles with the fear of adversity and hardship. Due to a past or current trauma or difficulties, those who are pessimist archetypes often feel victimized, and sometimes rightfully so. But pessimists can tend to look at uh, hardships as stop signs or a reason to give up. Now, Hill says the devil as the devil if your mind fears poverty your mind will attract poverty if your mind demands opulence and expects it your mind will attract the physical and financial equivalents of opulence this is in accordance with an immutable law of nature
2: well again you know put good out get good back if you are a shitty person and you put out shitty that's exactly what you're going to reap
0: yeah. Um, so it's important to practice looking at hardships as stepping stones or lessons instead of roadblocks. We all go through difficulties in life, just as it's a matter of how we look at them. It really shapes the outcome. And one of the most powerful things I think Hill says in, the, in this book, Out Winning the Devil, he says, the person who moves with uh, uh, definiteness recognizes the difference between temporary defeat and failure. When plans f- fail, he substitutes others, but he does not change his purpose. He perseveres. Um, So, you know, the next time something tough gets thrown your way, uh, take a moment to step back and evaluate the situation. Uh, Think about the lesson this challenge might be teaching you or how you can make the outcome more favorable. And it takes time, but when we train our minds to think more positively, we'll feel more at peace.
2: So I'm sure y'all are wondering, you know, can you change your fear response? Well... Because the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn responses are chosen so quickly, we're typically not actively deciding which response is most effective or appropriate in a given situation. And these processes happen automatically because when we're in danger, there's often not time to sit and weigh our options. So our brain simply does its best in the moment. Unfortunately, this means we often don't make the most effective choices, and when the amygdala is activated, mindfulness of our emotions can help us notice or sorry, help us to notice when we're having a fear response and try to reactivate the logical part of our brain. Now I can say I have actually done this before where I encounter, and you know, again, this was after the driving a dump truck and facing other fears. When I begin to feel fear in most situations, as long as it's not an immediate imminent danger, I I have found the ability to stop and try to rationally think about is this something I need to react to in this way or is there possibly a better way? And and I can give an example of that. I was fueling the car at the Weigels the other day and I look up and damn if there's not a friggin baby wood spider crawling around on the sign. Now anybody who's ever seen a wood spider, these are ugly as shit. They are super scary looking, no matter how big or small they are. They're kind of scary. And I am arachnophobic. We're not going to even debate that. I've admitted to it. And I did say, I know, okay, I'm bigger than it. But the problem is, this some bitch was bigger than me. In the sense, it was um, up higher. And had it decided to jump and possibly onto me, I can't guarantee that I would not have coated myself in gasoline and lit it on fire. Yeah. But anyway, once you can control your fear like I looked at it and went mm-hmm. okay this thing is on the little you know pump sign the likelihood it's going to bother me is probably you know very slim I'm just going to fuel the car and go about my day and I kept an eye on him he was crawling around the sign just being whatever he was being so mm-hmm. in order for me to have been able to not be paralyzed by that fear I had to be able to allow logic to enter in
0: yeah, and I actually think that, that that comes into something that we that we encounter um, multiple times a day. Um, we talk about um,
2: the energy where we claim is this mine? Yes. And you assess, okay, is there something bothering me, or is this just blowing through? Yeah. Well, you know, when we notice that we're experiencing that response, we can try and make a different choice. You know, research shows that we can train ourselves to respond differently to fear.
0: Yeah, and that's and it is exactly so. It's being aware that that's a possibility, right? Because if you it's don't, it's part
2: of self awareness. Yeah. I really truly think for yeah. anyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now Napoleon Hill lists fear and ignorance as the greatest sins human exhibit, right? And, and in fact, one of the ways you can either still or dispel fear is well through information, either withholding it or gathering information. So um, if you think if you think about the uh, the covid 1984 stuff right um, oh yeah they they suppressed information that went against the narrative right so they were literally withholding information or trying you know yeah
2: which withholding information equates to lying
0: yeah and and you know for those of us who were on the other side that were like well we want to get we want to you know we want all the information good bad and indifferent let us sort through it right um, yeah you know that's those of us who were gathering information about it weren't afraid because we knew what we were up against right it's like right, uh-huh. but
2: that's part but that's part of what the problem we have in our society right now is that censorship is running rampant because if you're not speaking along the lines of the narrative you can be canceled you can be deplatformed that's what i love about the fact we own our stream nobody can take me off the air for saying covid is a fucking farce. It's the flu. Nobody can take me off the air for saying you have the right to know your worth and stand up against someone. You can stand up against the tyranny. Tell them, no, I'm not wearing a fucking face diaper. It doesn't work. You want to know a good test to know whether or not your face diaper is effective in preventing COVID, the big scary thing. Get a little spray bottle of saccharin. Put your mask on, sheep. And spray the saccharin and take a deep breath in and then breathe through your mouth. If you can smell that sweet smell, if you can taste that sweet taste, congratulations, COVID can get through your mask, too.
0: Yeah. And and also, you can, you know, because we own our own stream, we can do this.
2: Remember the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth. Three months,
0: if that, uh, and and so and this is and and ultimately, yeah, it, it's you know fear is yeah it, it's basically there's there's so much that um yeah that much of what we fear yeah it, it it's, it's in our minds it's in our minds and and really we're it, 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 as you as you start gathering more information and sharing more information right you, these things that seem scary maybe or maybe are less scary. Uh, if you're if you're not controlled by fear, you're able to make decisions, and you know, and, and you're, and you're you know, you're not afraid to for to fail because it's really because you're really not failing. All you're having is a temporary setback, and you're, and so you're able to move forward and, and keep moving forward as long as you as long as you keep doing what you got to do, and you know, you have got to, you have a definitive purpose, and I think that you know, it
2: definitely yeah. has to do with perspective, yeah. I believe
0: yeah, ex- exactly. So you know, a lot of I think a lot of the reasons people fear things is they don't have a purpose, and we we talk about what a purpose is, right? Does it mean? Uh, Yeah, in some cases it means uh, believing in the dark, scary uh, man in the sky kind of thing. Uh, Other times it might be, um, you know, I don't know, particular a particular mission in your life to do do a certain thing, right? But whatever that direction is, uh, you have to want to you have to want to do it and want it more than anything else, and uh, that's
2: you You have to want it more. Then, the fear controls you,
0: yeah, you can't allow fear to control you and and, and it is possible, and we, you know and I think we ultimately
2: both, control yeah. your fear, you control your life,
0: yeah, I think so, and it's a, this is you know you, you shouldn 't have... you know that I don't think anybody ever gets completely 100. Uh, percent You know, they have completely no fear because I mean, some fears are um, you know, perfectly healthy to have. Like when you walk out of the street, you you, you know you, you you look and you make sure that a car's not coming, right? So there's there's some fears that are probably you know, that are evolutionarily appropriate, right? So we don't want to get rid of all fear, but the fears that hold your mind back from achieving your your dreams and whatnot, and, and you know, somebody like a Napoleon Hill was very much like, yeah, you have every every human has the, the ability Ability to to change their their point of view. There's nothing uh, inherent in the, but you but you basically have to be willing to do it. You have to be a thinking human being. You have to be able to confront facts. You have to be able to do the things. And, and you know a lot of it's a lot of what we do. You know, in the sort of in the no, in the larger no agenda community with, with with the things that we talk about and the approaches that we take. We're we're ultimately just trying to find the truth, y'all. I mean, th- that's, that's what the you know, whether it's whether it's a deconstructing the the the, the bullshit that the M5M pulls out. Or, or just or just trying to you know help you all get your um get a different perspective and and, and be able to see where you're where you're you know, to, just to really see what's going on and and really uh you know and, and make definitive choices about what you you know how you want to proceed you're not you're not just coasting and hoping everything's going to be okay you're taking definitive actions and i think with any of the you, know, you, you, you
2: if we can offer an anchor point in your life where you can Either, you know, hear us talk about some of this stuff live or you can revert back to one of our previous episodes where we talked about things and we spit some truth at you just trying to help you live a better life, a more informed life and one that has less fear because your amygdala is shrunk. So I would like to say that, you know, between no agenda and us, hopefully you're. Having a well-balanced amygdala
0: that yeah, that's right, and we, we, we like well-balanced amygdala we that's do. and then, and yes, and it's unfortunately fear is yeah controlling a lot of people I mean again, we can see how all this has been playing out. the fact that as people are still wearing masks even in this little town, it's uh, definitely not uh definitely definitely not left coast uh, politics red state yeah yeah a, yeah, a very red part of a red state <laughs> so um but uh yeah so people aren't afraid of the, they're mostly about that, but a few people apparently still are. So, right. um, but, um, but yeah, and I think it's, I, I think, again you know more information is almost always better and being able to being able to have clear and rational thought and clear and rational purpose and, and being able to make clear and rational decisions right about about things and, and and yes being open to uh you know while having a definitive purpose but being open to the possibility of of, of learning from the, you know the, everything that you encounter on a day-to-day basis so
2: absolutely yeah
0: so yeah and i think i could say you know like i mean Talking about the accident a little bit and what what fear there was, It really what it's like. Okay, I got bumped, and I'm like, okay, well, nobody got hurt, right? Because your mom was sitting in the passenger seat, and uh, I was like, okay, she she's fine, I'm fine. It was it was a low speed thing, and anyway, it was just a. Um, but during that whole process, the only, you know, I had a, the only little bit of fear I had was because, you know, we had to, we had to call a police officer, which is not a big deal. But, and I didn't think that, I didn't think anything bad was going to happen or anything bad was going to happen. Whatever little fear I had was, you know, it was, I could recognize it and I knew the situation. I'm like, nothing's going to happen. This is all solvable all of this is solvable. We've got right. all the, you know, we all got up the documentation and everything. It's a, it's all good. So, um, and I, yeah, I was, I was amazingly calm because, there's nothing to there's really you know you the initial shock kind of wears off and then you go okay well now you know this. yeah
2: you you ran a fast risk assessment of what kind of danger am i in oh very little all i got to do is talk to the cop explain what happened and we're good
0: yeah that's right and that's pretty much what happened so um yeah there are th- and there are situations as you get better like i mean i used to be um I used to be deathly afraid of, of getting up in front of people and talking. Uh, and I challenged myself. I said, "This is something I need to be be better at." So this is, uh, you know, I did, doing like MC stuff and theater in high in high school. And then, uh, you know, then I then I got into I briefly got into radio, and then I got into podcasting. <laughs> it's just kind of a, uh, so. Um, and I, I, I guess I've had a lot of practice because of all the, uh, the all the you know all the especially with all the web webinars I've had to do the last three years, which I'm. Yeah, and you look marvelous. Absolutely right? marvelous. But I think uh, I'm so. Fucking over this. Yeah, we, we think we. I think we were uh, we're definitely over fear, and uh, I think we're gonna. Uh, I think. How do we end these things? I guess I do it.
2: Something like that. Yes. Jordan fades back, swoosh,
0: and that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you.
1: Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out.